these podcasts are going to get a whole lot worse with the child now. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just <laughs> noise quality. You're always worried about <laughs> noise reduction. Oh, you got to get closer to the mic. That's what I figured. We'll leave him here for this one because it's just me and you. That's usually a shit show anyway. Hey. Just saying. We're all over the place. This is true. Mm-hmm. So if I got to get up and take care of the baby, no biggie. Pigeon poppers. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. For those of you... I keep hitting that fifth wisdom tooth, though. Dude, I got a tooth problem, too. Have I told you? I've had, I got, like, some temporary pack in there right now. I'm trying it like, cause my nerve was exposed. You know how much that sucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's terrible, dude. Uh, I was up north, and thank goodness it didn't cause me any issues up there. But as soon as I got home, the temporary pack I had came out, and then it was like, oh, my God. And so that little that little fix-it thing you had over the metal stud? Mm-hmm. For those of you who are wondering, I can see my child on the monitor right now. It was the same thing. Same material, just up here. Okay. And that stuff, see, what's he doing? He's not really mad right now. But that stuff, when I have it up in my tooth, that, that stuff, like, it, it, like, loosens up. It doesn't, like, pack in tight like that other stuff. If I bite wrong, it'll jam up into that nerve all over again. Yeah. It sucks so bad. So I'll have like days where ibuprofen pretty much cuts it. And then I'll have days where it feels like my face is actually on fire. So yeah, I just, I just, no bueno. That wisdom tooth is coming in sideways. Like, who did, I mean, it's more common than you think to have more than four, but dude, I had four of them cut out when I was 16. What the hell? I think you're the first person I know of that has more than, or has had more than four wisdom teeth. Well, you know what? I only had three. Maybe you got my extra. I'd imagine they would have taken the fifth fucking one out when it was in there, but maybe it wasn't all the way up yet. Who knows? Just growing extra teeth. I'm a shark. Oh, man. So, yeah, these these pigeon poppers, though, that's exactly why I love to shoot those things. You can do a lot with it, man. It's almost it's like a little miniature duck breast. They're awesome. So I'm, I used to shoot them out of my uncle's barn. And... Just saying, Michigan, you know, it'd be a whole lot easier if you'd let me kill doves because I could shoot them when I was rabbit hunting too, provided you make the season long enough. Mm-hmm. But, you know, pellet gun in the barn so you don't put a hole in the roof. Pigeons are awesome. They've always tasted kind of like, uh, pretty much just like venison, dude. They're like a little tiny piece of venison backstrap. Yeah, well, to me, yeah, and you're not wrong. But to me, they kind of remind me of a lot of more like a duck, like a mallard duck. Okay. So the most recent duck that I had was farm-raised, and prior to that, it was wood duck. And wood duck, to me, tastes exactly like venison. And I don't think I've ever had wood duck. Wood ducks have less of a aquatic diet and more of like, not grain, but they don't sit there and eat fish pieces and shit off, off the lake. Gotcha. So, I mean, I don't know what their actual diet is, but I've been told that it's like they'll go after like tree nuts and shit. I've heard that too, actually. But hey, I'm going to go grab the kid and readjust. In the meantime, you should explain our listeners how we doubled up the other day. Oh. And I'll be listening in the meantime and join in when I get back. Sounds good to me. So, the other day, Beans, he's out of here. We actually got the opportunity to go and sit on his fiance's horse farm, which he built a big box blind on for the owner of the property. Well, the owner of the property was out of town, and he said, you guys get to hunt it in November. 
both of us had doe tags left. I've had a rough season because they decided they were going to till my bean field the first time it's ever been tilled in the last like 30 years in the fall. So as soon as gun season hit, I had one day where it's like, yeah, opening day is awesome. I saw a bunch of different deer. They all skirted the edge of the field. It was nothing I really wanted to shoot that I had a good shot at. And then they were gone. The next day, everything had checked out the field. They knew, nope, there's no food there. Screw this. So Brent was gracious enough to have me come out with him. And the first sit in this blind, we both got to go up, kind of chill out and whatnot. And, you know, it's real wide open. You can see damn near a 1,000 yards. We're about ready to call it quits. <laughs> We're like, no, nah, man, it's it's too open. There's a foot of snow on the ground. There's nothing out here. Well, we can't see tracks. And turn around and look behind and I'm like, oh, crap, there they are. There, there's a group of three. I only saw two at first. But I smacked him on the shoulder, and he just immediately, he didn't even look. He grabbed his gun and got down on the, the rest. And he's like, where's that founder? Get him a range. 169, I do believe. Uh, it was 159. So when you asked me the second time, I said 160. Yes. And to your credit, your height was perfect on that. The, I pretty much put the bullet right about where I was aiming. The problem was I just I aimed too far back. I was going to say, did you aim at the center of the deer? I was off a little bit, but I wasn't. This is not the first time I've done that, and I'm going to readjust. I think next time, anything over 50 yards, say, I'm, screw saving the heart. I'm just going to put the shit where it needs to be, right behind the shoulder blade. Screw counting the ribs, because that's what I always try to count a few ribs back. But when they're at 160 yards, man, I mean, that's maybe my... I'm just not judging right, I guess. Well, and that's you shoot. You were it was, shooting it was at 350. It wasn't like it wasn't like back back. It was wasn't quite a gut shot, but it was like right about where the diaphragm is. I feel like probably got liver and stomach at the same time. Yeah, I feel like it was like right at the very bottom of the the rib cage right there. But when I got up to her, I'm like, fuck, that's not. It wasn't too far of a shot. Like you said, you hit exactly where you were aiming, but Not it was... exactly where I was aiming, but... It was just too far back. You just... You compensated. You, you counted too many, and it... I mean, at that far, you can't really see each individual rib very well. Well, exactly. So, and, it, you know, the chaos of the moment. Like I said, that's the second time that's happened to me. So I think next time, I'm just putting it on the shoulder, dude. And that's kind of what I've started doing. Like, with the wind, I will give myself... Because those 350s move a lot in the wind. Anything past 150, that bullet gets pushed around so much with a crosswind. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's actually how I missed the first one I shot at this year. I I didn't think about it. I didn't have my ballistics chart up. And it was, was, it was like a 190, 200-yard shot. Well, I had a 30-mile-an-hour crosswind at 200 yards. I'm thinking the same as my 308, man. Thing shoots flat, bucks the wind, awesome. Yep. It's like, yeah, I'll I'll compensate by about eight inches, and you know, I put it. I want to hit it right behind the shoulder. I'm gonna go about center of the deer, just a little bit off the of center of the deer. Nope, not even close. That bullet moved 28 inches, according to the ballistics chart that I was looking at. The the um ballistic calculator on winchester site and i believe it i mean i pulled the trigger and she looked up and then took off i completely missed that fucking deer right in front of her 
my height was probably perfect, I'm guessing. But with the crosswind, with a 28-inch drift where I was aiming, I had a shot right in front of her. Yeah. I, that was a clean miss by at least six inches. Clean miss is better than a... Better than uh, oh, what I'm pretty sure happened the other night that we... I mean, we both looked, and there was no sign anywhere, but... It's also tough, man, when they got that... We'll tell them what happened. Well, why don't, why don't we go back to the the doubling up in the blind? Yeah, you we'll, never we'll, finished that? <laughs> no, no, we'll finish that one. I was getting into the whole story, but anyways, you, you got yours, and it was weird because he shot his, and it ran up. He tells me, you know, get on yours. I'm like, I don't see it where's it at and i was just gonna keep watching yours because you just <laughs> ran up like 50 yards and just stood there hunched up like it was gut shot and that's when we realized like okay either didn't hit where you were aiming or clipped a limb coming through the tree line something didn't see your mine at all finally it was a solid 60 seconds later mm. a good minute minute and a half something like that you're like oh there's yours i'm still on my scope watching your deer so i just swing over i'm like oh okay didn't even think about range. I don't remember if I asked you to range it for me or not, but I know you. you I know you were still on your scope, and you did. But I, and I, I remember specifically saying she's in the same spot. Right, and when I shot for one sixty, I know my gun. I she had to be like one seventy five, one eighty, which is a big difference for my gun it's a mm-hmm. it's like a four inch difference because i've got that short barrel and i hit a little lower than i would have expected if she was at 180 but there's no fucking way that deer was at 160 i mean i took out the diaphragm on this deer, not the diaphragm the sternum i almost missed this deer but luckily it opened up the bottom of the deer because of the bullet i'm using and it did the same thing as Brent's. It ran right up next to it and just stood there kind of hunched. Now, I didn't center punch mine, so it was a nice gut job. Mine was a little stinky. <laughs> I'm still but. My, I want to say, though, mine wasn't a total gut shot. It was like, if I remember right, it was like right where the diaphragm is. So he's saying his was right where the diaphragm was and. I don't know. I didn't actually look. I didn't gut his deer. We doubled up. It was awesome, but that was a hell of an experience. I'm, I'm pretty confident mine was farther than I thought. So my shot was kind of shitty because it was low. Got up to him, and we were, I mean, we walked up as quick as we could and put another round at him. Dispatched him real quick. Just shot him in the neck. But that was, I mean, that was the first time I've doubled up on deer with somebody, especially. Me too. I mean, that was awesome. First sit in the blind that you built for pete yeah that was the first sit and that was uh it was funny because as soon as we sat down we both said the same thing we're like i bet they're gonna come from there though because it's so right. wide open right i mean that's the only way they can come from and i've i've seen them out there before i'm pretty sure i've seen that group multiple times right but yeah it was just uh well because i had uh looked like i had mama you had one of the babies yeah, I wasn't. I, I wasn't going to talk about that part. <laughs> well, I was just saying because I got the one in the front. Yeah, well, and that's just how that worked out. That's when the third one showed up, and you're like, "There's the third. Shoot that one too." I'm like, wait, I don't want to shoot that one. That was a fawn. You didn't know the other one was a fawn. <laughs> right, that's what I was no, I, I wouldn't have shot it if I did. Like, 
don't get me wrong, if it's the last day of season and I haven't killed a deer, everything's in trouble. But, I mean, it's been a tough-ass season. I wasn't ready to shoot fawns yet. That's not something that I typically do. Yeah, I, I don't do it on purpose. I've done it. Well, that's what it made me laugh when I said, I don't want to shoot that. That one's a fawn. You're like, wait, you didn't know the other one was a fawn? <laughs> no, no, didn't know that one, bud. Uh, it was just spur of the moment. I wasn't looking at it. And you said, yeah, there's yours. Like, oh, okay. Swung over and pulled the trigger within five, ten seconds. And Well, it was... It was you I guys, wasn't. You, I wasn't paying attention. Well, exactly, and you guys all know how it goes, man. I mean, for those of you who have ever doubled up with somebody, this is my. This is my third attempt at doubling up with somebody. Yeah. Uh, twice with Ray, and both both of those times ended up being a shit show, because the the first time group of does comes through, and we, this is up north. Me and Ray, my buddy, we hunt together. For those of you that listen to RFF, that Ray. Uh, so we're sitting in the blind. He's like, shit, here they come, you know. And I'm facing one way. He's facing the other. So I kind of get turned around. He shoots the first one. Okay, my turn. And I was at that time shooting a 44 cal slug out of a muzzleloader. The only doe I had a shot at, it was uh, like a softball size window, man. And I just like let her fly. Boom. She fell, got back up and ran off. We're high-fiving. Fuck yeah, you know. Now, mind you, there's like a good amount of snow on the ground. Tracking should be easy. Well, we thought that doe that he shot was 30 yards in front of us. Turns out, after an hour of looking, it was 70 yards. And he was shooting her with his brother's gun, with his brother's ammo, with the 308 full metal jacket. Full metal jacket, yeah. So it was like somebody took a pencil and put it right through the damn deer. Yup, that's a. So she barely bled. Mine, from the best we could figure, uh, it flattened out before it hit her and just smacked her in the ribs and knocked her down or she fell like she slipped and fell which what yours might have done we'll get into that here in a second yeah we'll we'll get into that later. but like so th- those are my first two attempts or that was the first attempt and it w- ended up being a i mean we found raised deer she was dead and shit and he nailed her uh but like you know in the in the in the chaos of the moment nobody's keeping track of who whose deer is doing what you know right so you know normally you shoot a deer you keep an eye on it as long as you can. And here's a piece of advice. We're going to get into this story in a minute. I always like to grunt. If I shoot a deer, especially with a bow, if I shoot it right after and as it's running away, I'll grunt at it. Or if I can't find my call, I'll snort, snort wheeze, whatever. Yeah. It's something I read in like outdoor life like when I was little. It was something, it's something about it slows them down and it makes the tracking easier. Well, they don't know what's going on, so if, if they're startled and they hear another deer, or what they think is another deer, they're like, wait, what? Right, yeah, what the, oh, especially when they're rutting. Right. Um, we'll get into the full story, but the big buck I shot this year, I shot him, he ran off, I did that, and he stopped, turned around, and fucking came right back. It would have gave me another, he did give me another shot, but he would have gave me another close shot if he didn't bust me reaching for my uh, rangefinder. But the second time, me and Ray tried for a double, his that same goddamn gun. <laughs> different ammo he had that that savage 308 and i'm a savage fan i love savage but i mean the first time wasn't the gun's fault it was the ammo choice yeah uh but this time dude ray never gets on his phone i give him shit because i'm always on my phone we're hunting together anyway ray's never on his phone the first time ever 
he, he like sent a text message or something and he looks up. He's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> There's a doe like 10 feet in front of him. And he's like, I, to his credit, I don't know where the hell she came from either. She didn't make a damn noise. And it was dry as shit that day. I remember that. It just poof and materialized. Yeah, here she is. And uh, so he pulls his gun up, flips the safety off. And we're waiting, waiting, waiting. Like, Ray, shoot. Ray, fucking shoot. He's like, I'm trying. And I'm, <laughs> I'm watching him pull the fucking trigger. Nothing's like, not a click. Like the firing pin never went. I'm like, is your fucking safety off? He's like, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> And finally, he's like, fuck it, and racked another shell. Obviously, the doe took off. Right. So, And then there was more behind her, so we could have had a double, but it ended, it ended up being a fucking mess because, like, they all took off. And, again, I had, like, a tiny little window through a bunch of brush. Uh, then I was shooting the 6.5 Creedmoor. Yeah. And uh, to my credit, I mean, I fucking hit her. Killed her. I have something about your 6.5 you got to remember. But when I got up to her, it was the size of a beagle. <laughs> Yeah, that was the one that you, yeah, we were just. Like, literally, I'm not kidding. Her, the size of her sirloin tip roasts were about the size of this mouse. They weren't that damn small. They were fucking close. It was like Nerf ball. Yeah, it's one of the one of the ones you can throw against the shed and play catch with yourself with, maybe. Right. I wasn't an only child. <laughs> hey, you had a brother. Yeah, he just didn't like me and my parents split and they didn't <laughs> like me either. Anyway, you were going to say something. Ouch. Oh, about your 6.5. You've got bullet drop issues with that. And I was actually, I was talking to my brother about that with like the, the Savage Model 99s and stuff. And there, there's certain guns that the bullet, like the, the twist in the barrel is for a certain grain bullet to make it stabilize. I don't think your shit's stabilizing with the heavier grain bullets. Because you've got a lighter twist, like your brother's, he has a more intense twist, so it stabilizes the 149 grains. And... So, the drop issue, I, I shoot a Ruger 6.5, my brother shoots a Savage 6.5 with a longer barrel, tighter twist, was shooting a heavier mm-hmm. bullet uh, between two and 300 yards. He had a, like I think a four inch drop, and I had uh, like a 15 inch drop or whatever it was. Yeah, I don't think your bullet's stabilizing. I think if no, you, I, I agree. But. Instead of shooting the the one forties and the one twenties, get the lightest bullet you can and see what it does. I got ninety fives. Shoot them! I bet you that they don't drop at all. Is that enough knockdown? I mean, that's enough knockdown power for an antelope, but it's enough for a whitetail, dude. People yeah. shoot whitetails with two two threes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It just seems so light compared to everything else. But yeah, you're right. It's the same. I shoot 150s out of my 350 Legend. You see what that that 150 does compared to your 180s. This is how you know we don't do any prep because <laughs> this isn't this is a legit discussion. <laughs> that, I mean, it, it's pinball, but it's camp talk, and mm. it's it's good info. I do no, have this. I've got that video from that first one I shot, the one that I actually hit because I you know I I figured the wind. I knew better this time. Keep going. I got to fix this blanket. But the first doe I shot, I had been. Seeing a bunch of stuff on like the Woodsman on the Facebook page and Michiana Monsters, people making comments about the 350 Legend not leaving a blood trail or losing deer or what bullet they're using and whatnot. And some people were saying they were shooting the 150 grains and not getting a blood trail, but they didn't specify whether or not it was 150 grain 
the Winchester Deer Season XP or if it was some other random 150 that I don't know about. Well, I shoot the 150 Deer Season XPs from Winchester and if you like if you hit really high on the deer, it's hard to get a blood trail cuz going in, it's going to leave a 35 caliber hole. Coming out, it might leave a half inch hole. That entrance hole in that one. Well, that's because I clipped a rib and it was, or no, I clipped a leg and it was at 200 yards. But the hole in the hide itself isn't that big. What happens inside the deer is crazy. Now, the first one that I shot, I took a a video of the blood trail. I went about halfway up to where I shot the deer because it was a 200-yard shot. There was no point in me going all the way up. But I shot her. She was slightly quartering towards and I hit right at kind of like the, the ball and socket where the mid leg bone meets the shoulder blade and just blew the heart in half. Now, this deer came bolting back towards me at an angle, just spraying blood the entire time through the field, covered the snow. You can see it in a freaking cell phone video, so it, it clearly it's a good blood trail. It's a walking trail. She gets back to the wood line, drops. Gets up, runs back out into the field, and just falls over. Now, I've never seen a deer do that with a heart split in half, but I've, I've got the photo evidence. It literally just, like an open face sandwich, it's splayed open. Like, holy shit. Well, I can't eat that. So, but. I've been half distracted with the baby. Are we talking about the double the other day? or No, this is the first, Your one, double. That, the first one that I shot. No, okay. the very first one I shot. When I took the video of the blood trail, I was going to show you in the blind, but I didn't want to want the sound on. And that, like, that right there shows it's not the gun and it's not that bullet. Now, I've had issues with other 350 rounds. That's why I took the video. That is the one that I recommend everyone shoots at a whitetail. And if you have a good shot, you'll have a good blood trail. I I can so I'm I've been shooting the 180s. I don't know if you talked about this already, but I've been shooting the 180s, uh, no exits. But it, I mean, it tears them up. I mean, right. it, they're done. It's a I mean, when you go to gut them, you're like, damn. But I, I've I've heard people bitch about the blood trails with the 350s, yep. and I think that like we were just talking about with the with the ammo choice. If you make a good shot, if you're within the lower half of that deer with those 150 grains, you will have a good blood trail. And that's just what I've seen. I mean, honestly, at 200 yards, that destroyed the inside of that animal, and it got a pass through. At 100 yards, there is so much energy in that bullet. It's opening up so much. Usually, I don't get an exit at 100 yards. But they don't go more than 40 because there is so much energy that it just jellifies the entire chest cavity. Right. Well, that, that was a thing. So, like, I wanted a 450. Uh, I still want a 450. I'm going to buy one next summer. Um, only reason I didn't this summer was uh, there's no point. Why? You want to talk about meat loss and the expensive bullets? We'll get into that. I love the 450s. Now that's what I wanted. This 350 was Allie's. It's uh, her dad got it for her for Christmas last year. Obviously, baby, she hasn't been able to get out. Right. Uh, so I've been using it, and uh, it's a DAC driver. Oh yeah, they're damn. It's, good it's guns. a good gun. It's a really good gun. Just I mean, 
just from the evidence I've seen from the 450 from other people, as far as blood trails and damage and and as far as flat now, shooting and shit. I, I know they're expensive, more expensive as far as bullets go and shit, but... I'm going to stop you, though. I've seen the same posts about 450s. It's all about bullet choice. And, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen any, but I, I believe it. But continue. I, mean, it's just, I, was, I just, I like the 450s. You, you just, you get that fucking... That Gur mentality. Like, mm. bigger's better. No, it's because when the 350 Legends first came out, like we were just talking about the blood trail, like there was a lot of people bitching about that. My brother, um, I can't remember exactly what the issue was, but I I remember him talking about that too. He shot a doe and there was like, she only went like 20 yards. Shot her twice, but there was like no eggs and wound, no blood trail. I mean, and that shit can get, I mean, like... Well, that's that's the problem with the first year or two they come out with a new round. They're still developing the damn ammunition. Right. I just I just like a nice. I mean, fuck it. If I could shoot a twelve gauge as well as I shoot my inline muzzleloader, I would use a twelve gauge. You know. Um. What? You can. I don't know. Why I can't. It... I suck with it. I can't shoot two hundred yards with a with a with a twelve gauge. Well, I have without a scope, but I didn't know it was 200 yards at the time. It took me three shots to hit the deer, but I hit it in the heart. Hi, buddy. I don't know why he didn't run from the first two, but... I'm just saying, I like a, I like a nice, big, fat slug. If you're using the gun, you know what I mean? So like, like I a 44 that. slug or a 45 slug, perfect. It should leave bigger entrance, bigger exit. It does make sense Every blood trail I've seen, every blood trail I've seen in person with, with, the, with the 450 has been like somebody took a red paint can opened it up and just went berserk in the middle of the woods. Well, I mean, it's the, you're essentially shooting the same thing as a, um, 50 cal muzzle loader. Yeah. With 150 grains of powder or hundred grains of powder. It's basically the same bullet. Only you can rack one and double up pretty damn easy. And, right. I mean, they're, yeah, that's, they, that's why I like them. I like, I love my muzzleloader. I, sh- I shoot a 50 cal muzzleloader with a 44 slug and a sabot. Dude, they have to be almost identical round, like actual projectiles. They have to be damn near the same. I'm sure. I, I feel like the slugs I shoot out of that uh, muzzleloader, though, are a little bit heftier. No, they're 250. Those are 250 grain? Some of them, yeah. Some of the 450s are 250 grain rounds. No shit. That's awesome. Some of the, I was shooting two forties out I, of the. Muzzle I can order. get a two hundred and twenty grain for my three fifty. That's a subsonic. But the thing is, with my muzzle loader, might as well sell the shit because don't really need it. Well, I, down here, yeah. I, I foresee there being a change though soon. I think Michigan. Oh, I think yeah. Michigan's going to make some changes once they see how many deer get reported during muzzle loader season this year. I think it's it might take a year or two, but I think it's going to change. I what I foresee happening is like so they barely gave the deer a break this year. It was like normally it was a day. It was a day. Like normally it's you know guns firearm season ends, you know December first. Nobody can do shit besides bow hunt, and then usually until like the seventh, the tenth, the fourteenth, somewhere in there. Then you get a two week muzzleloader season or a week long muzzleloader season, whatever the hell it used to be. And then there's late antlerless and all that jazz until about January, and then you might get one more late season, but then you're done. This year it was like, not only did they not give them a, but a day of a break, but in Michigan, for those that don't know, there really is no muzzleloader season anymore. You can use whatever you want. 
not whatever. Legal. Whatever's legal during whatever's regular legal. firearm. Exactly. And it's not all of Michigan. I didn't realize that. No, it's not all of Michigan. It is below the rifle line. So it's zone three plus like seven or eight counties. Okay. But because above the rifle line, obviously you've got necked wall cartridges, 308, 30 out six, whatever. And they're like, eh, no. I don't know if you can use straight wall and shotguns up there for muzzleloader or not. I don't know. I haven't, like, I don't live there, so I haven't looked into that. Me neither. <clears throat> but I I know that they're not like, hey, whatever's legal during regular firearm you can use. They're like, no, 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 not up here. That's only zone three. Okay, I didn't realize that. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. But either way, that's still below the rifle line. There's a shit ton of fucking deer behind, you know. Well, that's why they do it. We have a population yeah. problem down here. The lower half of the lower peninsula is crazy for population. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the ag fields or what. It's got to be. Because you go up by the cabin up by Lake County, dude, It's you'll get in some spots where there'll be some agriculture, but for the most part, dude, it's all, there's fruit farms. There's a lot of fruit farms up there north of Grand Rapids. but And that's really good to draw them in, but I feel like fruit's not actually great for them. It rots so fast. It is. It's not a year-round food source, so it's quick in, quick out. Yeah, I mean, like right now, I, I don't even know about right now, but as of like two weeks ago, I know the deer were still hitting the crab apples and the apples pretty hard because <clears throat> the ones that were still ripe were they were just eating them up. Yeah, because you fucker, you've got like nineteen apple trees out back you didn't know about. Tyfke's been hunting. I know Tyfke's been. I knew about most of them, but there's more than I realized. Bastard. <clears throat> yeah, because we had a real heavy mass this year. Uh huh. And uh. Had a heavy mass of apples and my field got tilled under. I wonder why I haven't seen any fucking deer this year. Yeah, Tyfke's had a rough season. I do feel for you. Because you got out there late. You didn't really even really start bow hunting until like the end. And then... Nah, dude, I was so busy because I was always fixing your truck and <laughs> fixing shit you at your fiance's horse farm and <laughs> trying to take care of some side jobs. Some of them you helped me line up, but it's like, man, it's warm and it's bow season. Fuck it. My scope's broke on my crossbow. I don't care. I'll get them during gun season. And then I saw a quad track tilling the field the day before gun. Like, fuck. I told you. No! I told you they were cutting that shit. No, cutting, I don't give a shit. If there's bean stubble, it's fine. I got the picture from a trail cam sent to me at work when they dropped the disc in the field and pulled a quad track past it. No! All I know is I drove past, I drove down Linko and I was like, hey man, they're cutting that other field. And you're like, oh man, they're something about like they're not going to get to mine for a while. And then it was like that day they cut it and then it was like, Shortly after, they till it all up. And then you were like, son of a bitch. Yeah, no, it was... So that day was the first day I was planning on hunting. And they cut that field down the street. It's the same farmer. I figured, no, he's he's going to haul that in and he's going to wait. But little did I know, he was in a hurry because the beans were perfect moisture. He's like, all right, I'm just going to dump, dump them straight in the semi and haul them in. Fuck. I don't care if you're cutting the beans. That's awesome. That helped me. He went around and he opened up every single bean field. It's like, okay, that's weird. That's really weird. But what they did is they had two combines. So they had little one to go in to open up the field. And they went in, they opened up this field, this field, that field, this field, that field. That's why they got to mine so quick. They didn't pick it off. They just opened it up and then moved down the road. Mm. 
So, yeah, there was that. But the beans were so damn tall, I couldn't shoot deer past 30 yards anyways. Right. And they were dry. I mean, they still eat them when they're dry, obviously, but... Oh, they eat the shit out of them yeah. still. But, yeah, it, it's been a hard season, for sure. Yeah, you had a pretty bad string of luck there. I, I didn't blame them one bit, though. Like I said earlier, that field hasn't been tilled in the fall for 30 years. It needed to be done. I knew it was coming. I just didn't know it was coming that quick. Well, I, on the other hand, had a pretty damn good season. <laughs> yeah, you lucky bastard. Well, so there's a the hay field that was just put in on the property. How many, what would you say that it's like, what, two acres, three acres? Somewhere in there, yeah. This is the start of why my hunting's been going downhill for the last three years. <laughs> He's a mile down the road from me, by the way. So we put in this two or three acre hay field. And for that, I'm going to eat your pigeon poppers. You go right ahead. That's some game. Good pigeon. Uh, and on top of that, we had a real heavy mass as far as fruit. Like I noticed it with the pears out here at, at first. We have three uh, pear trees in our driveway. And I was like, damn, we never have that many pears. And all the apple, and because it was dry pretty much, like all through like August and September and all that. It was just weird how. That's why they do it. Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. It's like grapes. If you make them struggle, they produce more sugar and more fruit. Oh, okay. The more you know. So. Yeah, I used to work at a winery in Virginia. So, anyway, and I have apple trees and crab apple trees all over here, plus the hay field and the creek. So they were set. And with a newborn, I wasn't really. I, I didn't know how much I was going to get to hunt. So early season, I took my dink and I took the two doe in September during that weekend early hunt. Yeah, they had that early doe. So I already had three deer in the freezer. I was able to kick back and do a little bit of uh, selective hunting. was able to take down a, how old do you think he was? Four and a half? I never checked his teeth. I didn't either. I mean, I you, you took him to the taxidermist, so... That would have been the one to be like, hey, why don't you pull that jawbone for me? I'm did you sure, did I'm you sure. cape him yourself or did you? Yeah, I caped him. Would you? Well, okay, so I never saw the jaw or anything, but just based off the way he looked, I'd say he was at least four and a half. Mm-hmm. Well, because well, so what happened was hunted all through October, saw a shit ton of deer, but like I said, already had a couple in the freezer, wasn't too worried about it. Passed on a lot of dinks. It actually came to full draw on a. He had a really tall, wide rack for a for a year and a half, but real bad limp on him. Uh, but I just, I was coming back in from another tree stand, and I saw him by the creek, and I was like, I was just intrigued. So I kind of cut across and, and cut him off, and came to full draw at thirty yards, and uh, just let down. Couldn't do it. There's so many big bucks out you. here, you know, and I wasn't struggling for the meat. I kind of felt bad about it because I really felt like I should have put him out of his misery. I don't know if he made it. I haven't seen him since. He's probably fine. Probably. I mean, they're tough animals, you know. Uh, Chris Reynolds was the one. Shout out to Chris because he was like, eh, good choice, man. He's like, you'll be fine. He'll be fine. Dude, I've seen pictures of deer walking around with holes through them. Not like they got shot and it's a week later. Like, it fucking healed. Now, I'll tell you this. If I didn't already burn up one of my buck tags, I would have shot him. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I would have shot him in a minute. Uh, That's well, why I like two buck tags. And honestly, I mean, I might do things a little bit differently next year, being a little bit more selective even more, just because of the the amount of does here. Plus, dude, there's a lot of good bucks. Like, I've, I put, I've seen them, you know, this year, plus I on camera. I tried telling you that when you started hunting over here. Mm-hmm. I was like, they're 
There's a lot of big ones. It's just getting them out during the day is the hard part. Well, this year it was, like I said at the beginning of the season, I didn't know how much I was going to get. I mean, I shot three right. deer before he was even born. So in anticipation of being like, I'm on lockdown. But bow my, season is awesome around here. I love it. Oh, it's so much fun. Gun, you've got three days. That's, and then you're shooting does. That's extremely accurate. Yep. I've yeah, I've been hunting here since I was 13, so I hope I have an accurate I've been hunting assessment. Here, I've been hunting here since 2020, and I can say that, yeah, it's... Yeah, you, you've got about three days of buck movement, good buck movement during gun season, and then you're fucked. Which is so fucking weird. But but then again, they... they it's they, the orange they, army, dude. I can see four people from my tree stand. Again, it was... I don't Not know, on my property. I want to say it was after Thanksgiving, but I remember I sent you that video, dude. I saw how many... Dude, every one of those bucks, there was like five of them within 200 yards of oh, each yeah. other. All of them over two and a half. There was a couple that were giants, but it was like... Well, and that was... I've never seen that shit before in my life. There was so many giants in one concentrated little area. That So what was that, Thanksgiving? It was right around Thanksgiving. Yeah, oh, It was after Thanksgiving. It was the Friday after. Because that, that was the Friday I went out that evening. Yep. And that is when my neighbor <laughs> pulled, pulled some shit. Yeah, well, he's not actually my neighbor. Somebody hunting on the neighboring property. Let's let's just say I I don't like prison, so you're lucky. <laughs> but uh, that deer should have been on my wall, buddy. Hopefully you listen and you know who you are. Because count your good graces that I decided jail wasn't for me. Oh. What's it? Well, oh. So this hayfield I've been hunting. <laughs> I just I just want to stick with this because there's some shit that really bothers me, and I don't even know if we've talked about this. Yeah, we have actually. The neighbor. Oh, and his yeah. fucking setup because I shot my dink and he died right on the property line, which was, I don't know, it's stones throw away from the neighbor's tree stand that didn't used to be there last year, or since before that the damn hayfield was there. Not technically hunting the field, but, I mean, he's definitely catching traffic right off of there, and he's right on the property line, and he's facing the damn thing. But just to his left, about 20 yards, is a nice fucking feeder hanging from a hanging from a stand. Oh. Yeah. That's freaking legal. Totally legal. And what hurts the most is I was on the woodsman. Or no, no, no. I wasn't even on the woodsman. I was stalking his profile because I learned who it was randomly after i shot my buck everything was all said and done the day before i shot my buck he shot a 10 pointer out of that stand pissed me off well that only because i know it it's illegal so you know that bothers me because i refrain from doing illegal shit not just because we have this podcast but because i try not to be a horrible human being and i abide by the law 99.9 percent of the time speeding doesn't count Say fuck point, off. Point. <laughs> Legally impaired for me does not mean the same thing as everybody else. Trust me. But as far as hunting goes, I'm legal beagle all the time. Got my tags, got my orange, stay on my own property. Been tempting this year, but a mile down the road from me, not even a mile. I have one neighbor that shoots him with a 30 at six. Same neighbor has also told me to shoot him with a spotlight and a twenty-two in the throat in my bean field, but that hasn't happened for years. Now you're telling me that the neighbor, uh, not even a mile, like three quarters of a mile down the road, shoots him off a feeder. And I'm wondering why I'm having trouble getting deer in my field or coming through my woods. 
doing things the legal way. So if anybody from the Department of Natural Resources in Michigan <laughs> is listening to this, Twice. I've seen I've seen the guys running up and down the road a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I'm at work a lot more now. Now that regular gun season's over and whatnot, they're they're kind of cracking down. I'm like, hey man, we really need this stuff welded. Can you like you know hit forty hours? That'd be great. Fuck. All right. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I got a couple deer in the freezer. I'm not gonna starve to death this year. It's fine. But you, there, man, I just I see people throwing out corn. I see people shooting across train tracks, shooting across property lines. They got timed out feeders. They're trespassing. Like the feeder, the, the feeder thing is what gets me. Only because look, but but here's my thing about hunting over a bait pile. Like I used to do it. I think a lot of us used to. Me too. To. When it when was I, legal. When it was legal, and when I was younger. Now I'm just saying, if that guy having a feeder right there, you don't fucking need it. No, you he's don't next need to a it. hayfield. Just hunt, read sign, and hang your stand where it needs to be. I mean, how fuck you're you're, you're fucking hunting between bedding and fucking food. Give me a fucking break, dude. How hard can this be? Now I grew up hunting out of my parents' house. Me, me and my brother were just talking about mm-hmm. this. I never got a chance to hunt off a feed. You know, we had bait piles when we were younger, but even before it was illegal, we stopped doing that just because it's like. If you want to shoot a decent-sized buck, the chances of them coming into a fucking pile of corn. Right. I mean, well, I mean, it happens. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't, but it's like, you know, I'd rather you've got a better chance, especially where we're hunting, catching him chasing a fucking doe to and from or, you know, going to his bedding or, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you, you're forced to, to, to learn more about deer and their habits to hunt them that is how you wind up with the bigger ones consistently i have also seen there's a difference between a feeder that goes year round and just sprays corn on the ground every other night and somebody dumping out a gallon or two of corn or apples on the ground to stop a deer for a bow shot or get a look like get them in this shooting lane that that i don't have a problem with nearly as much as somebody running a feeder year round and hunting over that and building a habit for the animal, knowing there's food there all the time. Dinner bell. Yes. That I look at as cheating. Now, if you go out there and it's late doe season and there's nothing coming out and you dump a bucket of corn on the ground and that's that, I ain't going to say shit about nothing. Like, I don't care. Like, you're not building habits. You're not causing CWD spread. No. You're not doing anything like that. But if you feed them fuckers year-round, you're part of the problem. I'm glad you put it like that because it brings up a good point. If we could bait, I would bait up north. Right. I would throw down a pile of corn up there because why not? I'm only hunting three days. You know, I, I mean, you go up there, you don't really – everybody's kind of got their spots, but the deer fucking shift. You know, like me and Ray used to have the hot spot. We didn't see a fucking deer this year. Nothing. By the way, Corey, my cousin, finally, finally got his first deer. At fuck, I think he's almost fifty. <laughs> but congratulations, Corey. I haven't met you, but <clears throat> dude, it was it was awesome. It was a I'm not I don't want to get too sidetracked, but he he missed the buck, dude, opening day. And I at that point I had four deer in the freezer. Or I was I was tagged out on bucks. I just had the one doe tag. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it, you know, everybody else keep hunting, I'll go help him out. We have all have a group text, you know, and he's he said on there, he's like, I think I missed, there's no blood. I'm like, fuck, I'll be down there in a minute. 
get down there. He's like slumped against this tree, staring at the ground. Those aren't his tracks, buddy. What? Because there's snow on the ground, you know, and they're like iced over. And I'm like, yeah. those are from last night, dude. Those weren't his tracks. So then he perked back up, and then we found where he was. Long story short, he was it was a clean miss. He missed. It's a spot where experience would have paid off, or at least yeah. having somebody there with experience to help him out would have definitely paid off. It was a big buck from the sounds of it. Uh, but then the next day, he shot that, that doe. Yeah, I mean, buck fever happens, especially on the first one you ever get to shoot at. And, so, And can I just say, like, it was – I'm getting goosebumps, man, because it was a really cool moment for me. You know, I taught Ray how to hunt. You know, I mean, Ray was 42 years old or whatever he was when, you know, I got in trouble. Right. And I couldn't, so I was like, here, dude, gave him my bow, taught him everything. You know, I mean, not everything, but I taught him the basics. And – uh you know, started the whole RFF podcast and the whole thing was like, I want to just keep pulling people into this lifestyle, you know, keep yourself engaged with it, keep myself engaged with it. But I want to do my part as far as like passing it on, you know what I mean? Like get get more retribution, just pull more people in, man. Like people don't realize what they're missing. You know what I mean? And, and the the main goal was, no, no, there's too many people around here. Stop hunting in Berrien County. Please quit. (laughs) If in all seriousness, man, if that happens, it's not good for anybody. No, it's not. It's not. You know, there's, there's a huge hunter density around here. The the hunter population in Barron County is insane. Southwestern Michigan in general, but but it's good. Just let me finish this though, because it was it was it was big. Because what happened was, you know, Corey missed that buck, and we're back at camp, and I'm talking with Ray. Or actually, I was talking with Ray in the blind after I got back. I felt terrible. I was like, I I was almost tagged out. Like, I love you, Ray. I love hunting with you. But maybe I should have just been sitting with him. Like, you know, because he's never shot a deer before. And I know damn well if somebody would have been, me or you or somebody would have been sitting with him and be like, hey, dude, calm down, breathe. He rushed his shot. He didn't use his stick. Like, he, did, he didn't stop the deer. He did, he did everything wrong. You know, and there's, it's, I'm not, it's not his fault. He just didn't know. Right. Having a little bit of experience and knowing that, like, if you're in the scope safety off and you can't get that deer to stop, simply going, hey, fucker, like, Let's, that'll, they'll turn their head. So. They might bolt 10 seconds later, but they'll turn their head and stop. As I, because I was on dinner duty that night, so we, I was cooking dinner and Ray's out there with me. He's like, man, I was like, man, you know, you should just sit with him tomorrow. He's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, man, just, I think it'd be good. You know, you got some experience, you know, I'm not going to hunt anyway. I'd already brought my shit in. I'm like, you should go out with him. I was planning on leaving the next morning because I had, you know, baby. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was leaving a day early. Kid things. So he's like, yeah, cool. So him and Corey go out. I'm literally probably 15 minutes from, like, walking out the door. I was trying to wait till everybody got back in from hunting, but, you know, timing wasn't going to work out weather-wise. And I get the text that, you know, Corey just made a snow angel, which means <laughs> everybody knows what that means. Like, yeah, dude. And it was his first year. It was, you know, the dude's been hunting with us up there for going on 11 years, you know, and had never even got to shoot at a, at a deer until the other day. And then he just finally got one after missing. Right. You know, it was, it was a big deal. But for me, it was just so cool to be like, cause Ray was there helping him gut it, everything. And like, he brought it back and he's like, you might want to double check that. And I did. I mean, everything was all cleaned out. Right. That, that, you know, I taught him, he was able to teach him. It's just like. A ripple effect. I, I can't encourage that enough for you listeners, man. If there's a if there's a neighborhood kid, you know, that wants to get out, and you know the parents and they're cool with it, take them out, man. You know, or your nephew, whatever. My brother's done that stuff here and there with uh, 
and you say neighborhood kids, but just people that he knows through the gym or work or whatever. Single mom's got a kid or whatnot, and he's taken a few of them hunting before. And it's incredible. It's, to add on to that, a couple days later, I got a, I saw on Facebook uh, Evan. Very quickly, I'm going to go through this. So I had a, my ex had kids, right? So stepkids. Evan was my stepson's best friend, okay? So my ex's kid kind of got out of hunting for a while. He didn't want to really do it anymore. But his best friend, Evan, did. So me and Evan, back in, I think it was 2019 or 2018, hunted literally almost every day together. And, dude, I taught. I was with him when he shot his first buck. I, I can literally say I taught Evan everything he knows. And a couple of days later, back, you know, and I saw on Facebook that... It was just a simple selfie with him and his little brother sitting out in the blind. It's like, got my hunting buddy with me. And I was like, that is awesome. Because that kid wouldn't be out there if it wasn't for you. Evan, I mean. I mean, it's You're, you're getting all nostalgic in your dad days now. It's fucking cool, man. It's really cool. I and mean, it's, it's a dying thing. It really is. Globally, I understand what you're saying. And... Even generationally, I guess, as far as like we come from hunter gatherers, everyone. Well, like even on my Facebook feed, dude, all my Facebook feed is is dead deer and dead coyotes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's what I'm saying. Around here, like that's what we see. It's also what we go algorithms. After. What we, yeah, what we look too. at. But I don't think it's as dying as people think it is. I would there's, like to hope not, but I I really think it is, man. There's so many more people let's, in the world right now. Let's think about this, you know, and it's not directly related to hunting in particular, but trapping even. Trapping, I will agree, is a dying art, which we need to do bad. So, like, that's an issue that I'm California right being now. the first state in the union in history to ever outlaw, re- quote, recreational trapping fuck california i will go out like if i had the resources i would drill into their fault line (laughs) drop explosives and ship them off into the fucking ocean i don't like california (laughs) the state itself awesome the people that live there 90 percent of you are the problem with the world today and 90 percent of them are in like two cities yes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah if you guys could just give us that landscape back and like go fuck off that'd be great no to, to California, like some of you people are awesome. You probably also try and hunt that state. The rest of you, don't talk to me. <laughs> That's... Also, stop reproducing. There's too many damn people in this world. Think before. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to leave that alone. That one's going to get dirty. Just stop having 13 kids, damn it. Look, you know I have ADD. You yeah. just sidetracked the shit out of me, and I forgot what I was going to talk about. You're talking about population numbers and extrapolating and whatnot. I'm going to throw something out here, but I want to come back to it because I'm remembering right now. I want to talk about potential one-buck rule in Michigan. We'll come back to it. Let that simmer okay. for a minute. Okay. But I want to get into <laughs> – and you can't wait. I want to get into my big buck that you I shot. You bastard. <laughs> I am not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna preface this whole fucking story with saying this is literally the luckiest fucking shot of my entire life. The reason people say I'd rather be lucky than good any day. Oh, dude, it was ridiculous. So, you know, my fiance's awesome. So, like I said, I had three deer before he was born. 
And she also looked very irritated when I came back to the house that night with you. <laughs> she was. That's fine. That morning, too. But <laughs> she, uh, she found it. Right. Anyway, uh, yeah, I ended up having a lot more hours in the woods than I thought I was going to have. <clears throat> a lot more. Was able to pass on a lot of bucks and stuff. And then, like, really, when the hunting got heated up, <clears throat> uh, Smoke another one, you fucking junkie. Right. It was just before gun season. And I, I remember it was, I, literally, I told her before I went out, I'm like, this is my last bow hunt. I'm like, before I go up north, I don't have time to deal with one if I shoot one before I leave. So, like, this is it. Uh, and it, my whole goal before the season started was I wanted to tag out on my bucks with bow. Last evening sit, and I happened to look up, and I cut, I caught a couple, like, chasing each other around. And it looked like a small buck and a doe uh, over in the neighboring property. And then they kind of went in this corner in the hardwoods. And the doe popped out in the corner crossing the hayfield. And she was 60 yards out. And I saw something cruising behind her. And I'm thinking it's that little buck, so I wasn't expecting much. And then that son of a bitch popped out. And he was, uh, I'll try to post a picture when this video posts. If I remember, I'll try to splice it in. But he was, he was, it was a good was it five, four? It was four. Four on one side, nice symmetric, like a normal rack. The other side kind of came back and yeah, out kind of weird. Four on his right, three on his he, left. Yeah, it was a big seven, but it was the the, the part with the, the side with the three kind of went back at a weird angle. It was kind of crooked. Mm-hmm. So I could tell something wasn't right with him, but he was big. That was a big animal. So he, he comes out and he's, he's right behind the doe. I ranged him at 60. The night before, I think, I had another buck that was good size. Uh, same thing. I had him at the same spot, and I couldn't turn him around. Well, I, I, I did a little tending grunt, got his attention, flicked his tail, and went to go take another step, and I just let it loose. Did the... Stiff-legged it all the way down the tree line, dude. All bristled up. Came in so fast, I couldn't even draw on him until he got the tree that I was sitting in. It was between me and him. So that was kind of awkward, the draw anyway. So I drew, and he, he popped out right where he needed to. Put the pin on him. Right before I could hit the trigger, he turned. He must have smelled my scent key. The wind was blowing right there. And he came right in. I mean, he was from me to the end of the damn table almost. Up in a tree, looking right at me. So I, you know... Put the pin at the bottom of his white patch, and it sh- should have been money. I, I shot. I heard a thud. The arrow was sticking out pretty much the entire length as he turned around, and I watched it pop out about halfway through the field. From the front is what it looked like. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, I've hunted all season long waiting for this moment. It came down to a five-yard shot that I missed by 12 fucking inches. <laughs> Are you shitting me? And I, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Well, he's running, and I, like I talked about earlier, first thing I did was grab my grunt call out of habit, blah, blah, blah. and sure as fuck, the first time I ever seen it work, the fucking thing stopped, turned around, and came right back at me. I had already put, taken my rangefinder and stuck it in my pocket, so I wasn't ready because I, honest to God, didn't expect that to actually fucking work. But uh, he came back out, blood pouring down his shoulder, which was. Like the outside of his shoulder, which is weird. Cause I, like, like I said, I thought I hit him for the video people. Thought I hit him like here, and he was bleeding out of here. I'm like, what the hell? And uh, but it was pouring down his leg. He caught me, at, and it, I glassed him at 54 yards. And you've seen me shoot 50. Yeah. 
It was yeah. it was low, that that particular shot. That it you was low, up. but it was on. Yeah. So, but like, but the shot right before that was money. You know what I mean? Like, I know I I would never do it at a live animal except in that exact situation, which I already hit him. Right. I need to put another one in him. So, he he saw me and he turned broadside. I had him at fifty four. I let it loose, and he was facing left to right, and I put it behind his shoulder and I shot five and a half to six feet to my left up and down i was money but i shot behind his ass again to the left i shot to the left the first time still haven't shot my bow since then but me and you discussed it uh yeah i mean i i looked at your sight and everything your drop away rest and all that and it's it's not your bow it was your it was your broadheads it was either my broadheads or i had the worst case of butt fever fucking ever but uh I think it was the broadheads because all those broadheads have already been ran through deer. Well, you're shooting and, and mechanicals. So you're shooting the same ones I had an issue with with the crossbow because they're not crossbow rated. I was young. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. It was what I had. I had just switched off of a compound to a crossbow because I'm blind and I can't fucking see. Mm. But it opened up on release. And coincidentally, mine went left too, like hard left. So yours going left. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's why, like, what they do when they open prematurely. But I don't know. Like I said, that's one of those random coincidence kind of things where your shit did the same shit as mine. I know why mine did it. We think we know why yours did it. That's the only thing I can think of because I mean. I'm not the best shot in the world, but I'm not that fucking bad. Right. No, it's it's hard to miss by five feet. Well, the first even time. If, even at 50 yards, man. It's, if, I, if I didn't take that second shot, I would have believed that I just had buck fever and fucked up that first one. Yeah. Honest to God. But that second one, I was like, that ain't right. That ain't right. Because, you know, I mean. I, I get like, that. I, and, I, and I felt calm and collected as I could, I guess, for taking that first shot but still i mean it's a big buck man when you get a mature buck in front of you well, you get a little I mean, shaken up but luckily, I, didn't, I don't feel like i was that shaken up you know what i mean and luckily you did still have sharp broadheads and you cut one of the main arteries going through the shoulder same as my brother did on Hence, his 10 point and it's again I should, I should i should post that video and dub it over what we're talking about because i actually firstly so i missed and I, then i was out of arrows well that's when you so you called me because I was I was double checking zero on my rifle for gun season because it was like three days before opener of gun, and I get a missed call from this dude, a <laughs> Snapchat and a text message. Oh my god, you're not hunting, are you? I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I open the Snapchat, and it's him mumbling into the phone with this deer that's just pouring blood out of the side of it. And I'm like, awesome, he killed a massive one. And then I look at the text. I was like, oh, I need to call him. So I called you, and you're all frantic. Like, I don't know what happened. I don't know where I hit it. I don't know if it's dead. I don't know what's happening. I'm sick to my stomach. What's going on? I'm like, okay, I okay, okay. fucking puke. I was like, go have a beer. <laughs> we'll track it in two hours. And you, I, I got my shit packed up and got done hanging out with Jake for a little bit and came back over. And it's like, hey what the fuck happened, dude? You told me the whole story and ran through all of it. It's like, all right, well, well, we'll go find blood. We got out there and it, 
from the video looking at what was coming out of that deer, I'm like, it's it's gotta be dead. You 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 were the one the whole time saying that, like, dude, this deer's dead. And I had a good feeling too, but it was well, I, I, I have I been do. on so many fucking botch tracks, dude. I was like, man, I do not want to push this fucking deer. I know, because I, I know, I know he will die. There was a point where I'm like, he's going to die. I just don't want to push him. Right, and I understand that. But looking at that video, I was like, man, I've, I've made some bad shots and been on some weird tracks where, like, that particular sight on the side of that animal, like, he's dead. Lucky as fuck. You I, could almost see the blood in the video running like it's long story short what i ended up doing was nicking the outside of his shoulder there's a there's an artery vein right there and that was it that's all i hit it just fucking perfect i honest to god think if i would have had a fixed blade broadhead you probably wouldn't if you were shooting a muzzy you wouldn't have killed him no i don't think so either and like i'm a fixed blade fan I, i shot fixed blades for years I'm not. I did too. Only the, the only reason I switched was because that particular bow, which is my brother's bow, because my ex has mm-hmm. my everybody started the story, but and I still have it on my own. But that particular bow does not like fixed blade broadheads, at least not three blades. I haven't experimented enough with four blades or whatnot. But the easiest, no, fuck the, them both. The easiest solution, and I don't like rages. I do not like slip cam broadheads, but. I do like the old school straight back, which Nap makes the Spitfires, which is exactly what I was using. And they work great. They fuck up some deer, for sure. Dude, all the deer I shot with them this year and the year before, when I started using them last year. And since then, I haven't had an issue. That's the awesome thing about bow hunting versus gun hunting. No matter where you hit that deer with a bow, if you have a good broadhead, you're probably going to have a hell of a blood trail. If it's a fatal shot. I got to fix it. But that's just, I don't, I don't know, man, that that's, it's luck, but it's not, I mean, it's you switching broadheads because you knew there was an issue. I mean, that also speaks to experience with it. I mean, I know you don't like rage and I shoot rage, but that's a crossbow versus a compound. And you're also, yeah, you're shooting a lot more feet per second. I've got guys that shoot rage out of compounds too. And they're, I mean, they're diehard rage fans. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like with rage, a lot of it, I mean, with anything, it's shot placement, right? I mean, you got to hit the deer in the yeah. right spot. But I feel like with rage, though, it's a lot less forgiving if you hit it in the bone, like in the shoulder. For a compound. Yeah. For a compound. Like I said, for a for, uh, crossbow. And three blade versus two blade, I won't shoot a three blade rage. It's too much shit <laughs> to fuck up. Thank you, because that actually, that's that's what turned me off. And that's what I was going to get to also is I feel like their mechanics might have changed a little bit. Do they still even make a three blade? I think so. Because that does seem like a shit show. I haven't looked. If, but it, all, if it all works perfectly. For those of you that don't know, everybody watching this probably does. But a slip cam, you know, you got your point. Your blades come up like this on a mechanical. And instead of folding straight back, they go like this. They slide out. And uh, it, and it leaves a hell of a fucking entrance and exit. But... So do the naps. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same shit. It's just mechanics are a little bit different. But I feel like if when you got three of those blades, like you were saying, it, there's too much shit to it's fuck mucky. up. It, it's mucky. It gets there, There's too if, much shit to get in the way. Well, if, if you, one of those blades catches a bone and doesn't go. It messes with the others. Yeah. No, and that's where that's why I went with the two blade. But honestly, 
I've cut through shoulder blades. I've cut through ribs. I've cut through diaphragm. Shoulder, shoulder blade ain't bad. Though. I'm talking like shoulder, the bone. Like you remember th- the you remember the doe I shot last year that I called you about when I was when I I thought that she was closer than she was or whatever happened. Like I I walked past the fucking blood trail. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like I can't find her. I don't know what's going on. I can't find any blood. Like I I heard it hit her. It was the fucking like I know I hit that deer. And it was only 50 yards. Like, it was an easy shot for my crossbow. First one walked out there and was like, oh, I don't see her. So I started walking, looking for blood. And I, was like, oh, I can't find it. As soon as I turned around and started walking back, I found her. Like, blood trail, spraying, you know, punched hole inside of a paint can. Everybody's heard the the bow hunting stories of deer just spraying blood and Get her cleaned up, and that rage went through a rib going in, two ribs going out, and it buried itself all but three inches into the dirt on the other side of that deer at 50 yards. Now, that's that's some fucking power and working broadhead. I mean, I don't know what you guys are doing that's making them not open up, but those two blades, I've put through solid bone, multiple solid bones through the same deer and it doesn't bat a fucking eye. Well, uh, two blade, <clears throat> two two blade seems like it'd be a lot more practical to work correctly because there's not much. Well, that's why I went with them. They're yeah. also a slightly larger cut diameter wise. Don't they make a? Is it the guillotine? Do they make that? Or? That's a no, no. That's a separate company, as far as I know. The the gobbler guillotine is a fixed blade. It's like it's a, a fixed. It's a fixed. Yeah, that's why it's only good to like 20 yards. Oh, it's like a paper fuck. airplane. Yeah, that's I was all over it. No, you Some people have success with them, but if you're shooting a turkey at 20 yards, if you get a turkey at 20 yards, you're going to have success with whatever you shoot it with. You BB gun, pellet gun, 22, 410, 12 gauge bow and arrow. I don't care. 20 yards at a bird, you're probably going to kill it. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it be a, a fixed blade muzzy that's got an inch and an eighth cut or a four inch diameter gobbler guillotine that's going to take his fucking head off. Mm-hmm. Hell, at 20 yards, you can probably spear the damn thing. Well, I feel like if you're going to center punch a turkey, I feel like you want a smaller fixed blade because they don't want to fuck up all the breasts. Right. That's the way I look at it. I think. Because I'm not trying to take a neck or a headshot with a bow on a turkey. Well, that's the other thing. That's why it's a four-inch cut or three-inch cut, whatever it is. Right. Because you're trying to take a headshot on a turkey with a bow. I have seen some pretty sweet YouTube videos, though, I will say. Oh, yeah. It's awesome when it works out. I'm not usually into those uh, over-the-shoulder kill shots and shit or, like, here's fucking three minutes of turkeys getting their heads chopped off. But that, that, that one actually is pretty cool. One that I would like to see. My brother sent me a picture earlier this year of him goose hunting he just sent me a picture of the the goose itself he was holding it by the head and you could see through its neck i don't know how close this bird was but it was a single that came in when he was in a layout blind by himself with decoys it he must have had the barrel like five feet from its fucking neck i'm pretty sure the wad went through the neck on this bird i'm surprised it didn't knock his ass out when it fell so we're going to get into one buck right after this, after I tell a story. But that just reminds me of when, uh, I, I know I've told you this, when Ray Cole shot his first buck, or his first, sorry, his first turkey. Uh, <laughs> Shoot it again! <laughs> right, yeah. So he, he, I mean, he shoots, and it was, 
it was windier than shit that day. And that we were in this pop-up line my dad put up and like, we got out there and the fucking things collapsed and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? So I literally had a stick, like a pull stick in the middle of the damn blind, holding it up. Hold on, buddy. I got one warming up. Got a pull in the middle of the, in the blind, warm, or keeping it up. The wind's blowing, trying to literally lift the entire blind up. And we got a, we got a Tom that's hung up on the, on the end of the field. Dude, it was like an hour of calling and calling and calling. Finally got on the break. He shot at 57 yards, federal third degrees. Best round out there for a 12-gauge, man, for turkeys. That thing is – that is a badass round. Better than Boss? I haven't seen Boss put him down at 57. That was a 57-yard – and it, I mean, it didn't stone him, but it was flopping. So he got up, ran over there, and I was still kind of inexperienced when it came to turkeys. I – that was the first one because every all the ones I shot before that have been a part of, you know, them being shot was you know, they were just stoned. Right. This was the first like stomp opportunity, and I I don't know what the fuck went through my head, and he wasn't thinking obviously because he was right behind me. I'm like, put another one in him as we run up to him like five yards away. Well, Ray had he had turkey turkey load turkey load, uh, then pheasant load. Well. He thought he had turkey load, pheasant load, turkey load. And so they had his head up, and when he went to go put that second shot in, he, like, nosedived and put his back up. Eh. And he took that second turkey load at full choke from five yards away and smoked a fucking five-inch hole right in the middle of the fucking bird. <laughs> killed it. I'd imagine. Oh, yeah, killed it and killed it bigger than shit. It was just... <laughs> I was like, you got him. And I grabbed him by his fucking feet. I picked him up like, that's a good one, Ray. And I picked him up and I could see his face on the other side of the fucking bird. <laughs> so fucking awesome. Like, oh, shit. You got him, got him. Damn. <laughs> oh, well. It was the luckiest shit ever, though. Because even for the pictures, everything looked legit. There was no meat loss. It was insane. The beard was still all good, but he just straight up punched a hole. A fucking four or five inch hole right through the middle of the damn thing. Straight up gutted it for him. Oh, it was nuts. So, so, everybody likes big bucks. Yeah, little wish time. Everybody loves big bucks. I love big bucks. You love big bucks. Everybody listening loves, loves big bucks. My neighbor likes to try and shoot them on my property across the train tracks. Right. We like big bucks and we cannot lie. But here's my thing. I don't like bullies. I don't like people bullying each other online with that shit because a lot of people, and I'm going to be completely honest. We've already talked about this on the other camp talk, that whole post and the whole bullshit right. that that stirred right. up. Shoot what makes you happy. Fuck everybody else. Don't let anybody else judge you. Same as a relationship, man. That's my view on hunting is the same as relationships. Someone else's opinion should not matter to you about who you date or who you sleep with unless it is harming someone else. Unless you are poaching animals, nobody should give a flying fuck what you kill as long as you're ethical. And yes, Michiana does have some monster fucking deer. Absolutely. We have some serious potential. And that's why I want to get into this one buck situation. Because that kind of came up on a, on a conversation that Chris made on Michiana Monsters. And I kind of... You couldn't resist. I was just playing devil's advocate. I know. You were bored as shit that morning. Uh, well, I was feeding the kid. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was pretty bored. But uh, 
Yeah, but I wasn't. I tried to smooth over the waters and have a solution for both parties, but that didn't go over so well. All I was all I was saying, well, you know, because it started with the guy saying, you know, I don't want to hear this bullshit about, you know, price per pound. You must be doing something right if you think what you shooting venison is cheaper than anything you can buy in the store. Which, first of all, I hunt for food not because I'm poor. Because I prefer to have a unique relationship with my food. Yeah, he's not poor. I'm poor. Right. I'm, no, you're not. I I, I prefer to the have. Fuck, a, I'm not. I prefer to I have the poverty line, bitch. I prefer to have that connection with my food. I, I prefer venison and rabbit and I, pheasant. I get that and squirrel. I prefer all that too. Well, with the exception of chicken. Chicken's never fucked with me, but I got on such a venison core diet that the amount of fat in beef would it, it wouldn't make me sick but it would like you could tell it, it would kind of get my stomach like mm, man that's been a minute man you throw me some a slab of fucking prime rib down mm, i'll eat it up i love beef i still love beef but i honest to god if, if if it was you know you take prime rib out of the fucking equation but you throw down a, a beef steak and a venison steak in front of me I'm going venison all day long, baby. It's just preference. It's just the way. It's just I, I like it. You know, she like it's healthier for you. And the bonus is, you know, we, we were going through all the math the other day and shit. But basically, what I came up to is my shit is we'll just round up and say five deer, all the meat I got. It comes out to like fifty cents a pound if you process it yourself. Even yeah. even if you cut that poundage in half. Yeah, that's a. What is ground beef in the store now? Five something? It's ridiculous. For a New York strip the other day, I was in the in Meyer. It's like fourteen bucks for twelve ounce steak. No, dude, it's, it was fucking ridiculous. You know, I, I buy my tags twenty bucks a kill tag. Your base license, but I buy that for turkey anyway. So we were not even going to put that in the equation. One time purchase of your even if, even if you want to round up your tags to. So you got five deer plus your base license, so that's what a hundred and eleven dollars for just deer. Mm. For five deer, you have a hundred and eleven dollars in tags. Yeah. Now grinder. So oh, that's one time purchase bullshit. So where right, I'm not, it, not even don't even fucking include that. Even but. if you want to add the one time purchases in. Yeah, exactly. Say you add your one time purchase. You're you're just your local hunter. You kill one or two deer a year, whatever. You know it's. Hundred bucks for a decent grinder. Mm-hmm. I know yours is cheaper, but hundred bucks for a decent grinder. Your vacuum sealer, again, fifty to a hundred bucks. We'll say a hundred with back bags for a year. So you got hundred eleven, two hundred, three hundred eleven dollars. You can buy a cheap fucking shotgun for two hundred fifty, three hundred bucks. So you want to say three hundred plus three hundred? Say say you're around six hundred dollars. Overall, for one year, now you're taken care of. Yeah, and I still feel like that equals out to what you would pay for beef in the fucking store, though, because you're looking at like what two two fifty. If if you get five tags, if you kill those five deer, even if you want to say it's five does, five yearling does, forty pounds a piece. So what is that? Five times two hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Roughly? Is is that math ish, correct? Ish, yeah. 
40 times five. I'm half listening to the kid, but yeah. No, that's that's 40 times five. That's 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. So 200 pounds times $600 is $3 a pound. Yeah. That's still fucking cheaper buying all of your oh, shit yeah. in one year. Oh, yeah. And that's what pisses me off because it's like, A, you're wrong. B, no, it's not because we're fucking poor. It's just I'd like eating venison over beef. I, I, I would rather feed that to my kid and my wife. Right. You know, that's just, that's what I want. want that's what I want. You know, and and the fact that, you know, because they just get so, that community of people just get so up in <laughs> arms about, you know, you shooting that, you know, shooting that hey, small of a buck. But hey, hey hold on, we're, we're allowed two bucks, right? And that's where this conversation comes up about the two or about the one buck. And I'll say this. Yeah, I mean, I am, I am not opposed nor for the one buck. I could really give a shit. But I think if it happened, yeah, you'd see bigger deer for sure. But I, but I, all I like on that post playing devil's advocate was saying like, well, what about eight mandatory APRs? Because they did that in the core twelve, and that shit worked. I hunt up there for deer camp, and I can tell you it fucking worked. There's a lot more deer in general, ish. There was anyway until the doe license, because they were allowing ten per person mm-hmm. before it was statewide, but. It fucking worked. It worked. I mean, we went from seeing like no deer to if you did see a deer, it might be a fucking, you know, maybe a small doe or a spike. But now, since those APRs, shit, Corey missed that big A point. My dad shot that. Would have been a big A point. Only had one side because it was broke. Um, Ryan shot that big A point in 2020. Like, and I've, I've seen a couple just walking around. Like, they're there, you know. Well, it works. So it's like, is is it so like, what's the right answer to get bigger bucks? Hang on. So every single year since I was 18 years old, I have seen at least one deer on that one piece of property that is, by the way, nothing special. It's an open bean field. That's literally all it is. Over 140 inches. At least one. Usually, there's three plus that I've seen throughout the year in that one bean field that is 140 plus inches. So, that's with two buck tags, only one having APR. Right. What do you want to say about one buck tag now? All I'm saying is I could give a shit about if they do it or not. I'm just saying, I think if they did either, if... I don't know if you guys can hear me, but if they if they did either, yeah, we can. If they did either, I think it'd work. But do we? I mean, I don't think it is. The statewide thing is where it gets sketchy. See, I'm still a fan. I'm I'm gonna go right back into the what Texas does thing. Everybody wants to complain. Well, I don't want to only shoot one buck. I've got too Ex- many deer. Explain what they do. Let me finish my rant first. Everybody complains about, you know, everybody wants one buck, you know, for bigger deer and whatnot. Well, I shoot bucks for meat and whatnot. And what if I can only shoot so many of these and I've only got so many does? And okay, so keep your two buck tags. But there's like half of the state of Texas. Now, I haven't looked up the actual law but i've kind of glanced at some of their regulations and whatnot and i got a buddy that lives down there they go kind of county to county from what i understand one thing that is 
for like half the state, from my understanding, is the spread. It has to have a minimum 13-inch spread, uh, like in between the antlers. The maximum spread for your restricted tag. Or it has to have six points on one side. So if you get this gnarly-ass tall 12-point that's only 12 inches wide, if it's got six on one side, you can still shoot it. That's fine. I think we need to talk about, too, like the, the racks down there are a lot different than here. But they also have the other restricted in the other way where it has to – It's I believe it's one unbranched antler. So if you get like – a spike, you can shoot it. Or, you know, you've got four on this side and then one wide-ass main beam that has no points on it. You can still shoot it. It's one unbranched antler, which allows people to take the genetically inferior deer. Because you don't know what a four-corn is going to do. You don't know what a six-point is going to do. I mean, t- to be honest, you don't know what a spike's going to do. But that, in my opinion, would keep... Two buck tags, it would also make bigger deer. It'd keep people from shooting the year-and-a-half-old eight points that are roaming around, the little basket rack eights that have the great genetics that are only a year-and-a-half-old. Like, that's the one that you want to pass, or the two-and-a-half-year-old eights for that matter. Because somebody that is looking at a deer and goes, oh, it's got four on one side, I'm going to shoot it, is a whole lot different than someone sitting there going, man, how wide is his rack? Am I legal to kill that deer? There's going to be people that take deer and don't give a shit. They don't report it. They don't tag it. They don't care. They're poachers. They're going to do it anyways. But for the guy that is like, well, shit, I don't know if I can shoot that deer or not. And then it's passed. That deer lives. That deer gets bigger. Just the fact that they're forcing people to make a decision. Like... Like, so, for instance, you know, I talked about that buck I was at full draw on. Damn, you were leaking. <laughs> that buck that I was at full draw on, uh, and I didn't shoot because I was like, man, I don't want to waste my tag on that. Right. You know, I, I feel like, I know, that's coming. I feel like if we were on one buck rule, I'd be doing that a lot more often. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, that's what I did And a lot of, of other people would, too. But I, but I also feel like... Mandatory APR. So the mandatory APRs in the in the core twelve. So the the APRs for your restricted tag, antler point restrictions, are four points or more on one side. Right. Yeah. Up there, it's three points or more on one side for your unrestricted. Right. So, basically, a six point. I don't know. I I feel like that, in a way, kind of fucks you, because you're technically shooting. You could be shooting year and a half old bucks that are six points that are good genetically sound bucks. Well, that's what I was saying and about. And letting, letting the forks and the spikes walk. But they could be genetically sound too. They just might be late born. You don't fucking know. Right. But. Well, that's kind of what I was saying as far as Dude. keeping the two tags and having the maximum restriction and the minimum restriction as far as the spread goes with an exception for points on one side, like this or this, mm-hmm. which I say if they do five on one side in a 13-inch spread, one or the other. You know, if it has one or the other, you're good to go. Or 
it has to have at least one unbranched antler. That keeps your four corns, your six points, unless it's a weird with a four on two side, which it's, it's fucking weird anyways. But for your typicals, it keeps your four corns, your year and a half old eight points, your year and a half old six points. Like, they're going to live. They're going to make it. They're not wide enough to be shot, and they don't have five on one side. It's like, that takes them out of the, out of the equation. You get the bigger deer out of that. Mm-hmm. You've got the weird fucked up ones that have one main beam. Like, you're always going to have the weird genetic freak that makes it through. That's, well, it doesn't fit this requirement or it doesn't fit that requirement or whatever. Like, okay. Well, here's Few my, and far between. Here's my thing, too. Another devil's advocate thing I was playing on that post was disease. Like... Because everybody's talking about shoot more does, shoot more does. My brother actually was one that jumped on there. And he's like, look, he's like, everybody's concerned about one buck, two buck. Nobody's talking about the fact that the DNR is is letting people damn near shoot as many people, as many does as they want, pretty much. You know? Right. And what worries me about that is they did that a couple years ago. By a couple, I mean, like, it was like 2012. And EHD came through heavy as shit in Cass County. It hit all, all Van Buren and Cass got hit hard though. Cause I, I knew nothing about it in Berrien. No, it, it hit it here. Hit spots in Berrien, but I know for a fact it hit Cass hard when they were, when they were cutting all the corn, they kept having to stop to move bodies out of the way. Cass County got hit so bad. Cause I mean, that's a, there's a lot of wetlands in Cass County. Right. And that's what happens with the HD. Uh, do you, can, can you say without stumbling what EHD stands for? Because I can't. Equine hemorrhagic dis- disease or disorder. I can't remember. Right. Basically. I think it's disease, not disorder. Right. A midge that lives in the yeah. muck. Once the drought hits, the, the midge, biting midge comes up from the mud during the drought and then bites the deer. And they're dead within like 72 hours or some shit, right? Like. Once, some of them live. Once they get sick. Some live. You then? Yeah, some can survive EHD. So, not, many, not many. I know that year not many did. Right, but the ones that you see that have like, if the hoof curls up like a fucking, a, a gnarly ghetto fingernail. Hank, lay down. Good boy. So if the, when the hooves like curl up and look like a gnarly, like an untrimmed horse hoof, like some, like you've seen the... Not the ASPCA, but <laughs> all the, the videos on Facebook of, like, this neglected animal, the poor horse has been in a stall for 12 years and whatever. Yeah, those where the hooves curl back towards the actual leg. That is supposedly a sign of EHD, of surviving EHD. Did he just, like, let one loose? <laughs> I'm sure you guys heard that. But anyway, continue. So that... <laughs> I don't it's, want it. I'm trying to put it that way. <laughs> Fucking stinks. Fuck, boy. Uh, but that there are cases where deer can survive EHD. See, I didn't know that. I thought it was pretty much like 100% fatal. Uh, it's mostly fatal, yes. Yeah. Anyway, what I was getting at is, so that particular year, they let all those doe tags go. And then EHD hit at the same time. Right. And it just decimated the deer population in Cass County. Well, that's kind of what I want to get at as far as the, the one buck tag, one buck tag, two buck tag, ten doe tags, five doe tags. Like, bro, you got to keep the population kind of close. 
It's and well now, I feel like with this mandatory check in, that's gonna help out immensely because now they. Wow, that was rude. What? The fucking you, you didn't hear it because you don't got your headphones on, but you just punched the microphone, bud. He's saying with the mandatory check-in, this shit's awesome. Huh? I, I told them what you were saying. Oh, thank you. Sorry, I got milk all over my arms. Uh, it's weird. For those titty of you that juice. are just listening, I just got done feeding the child. <clears throat> yeah, he spilled titty juice on his arms. I did. Anyway, uh, the mandatory check-in is good because now, I mean, not, I mean, obviously not everybody's going to check in their dose, which gets me to another point because right, somebody right. was saying how many – the number of bucks killed in the state of Michigan that were checked in, like, doubles the amount of does? No. Did you look at it? I It came across my feed today, and for – there was, like, eight or nine counties, and it was pretty much 50-50. It was close to 50-50. 50-50 as in 50% of the counties had that? No, no, no. So it only had, like, eight counties that popped up. Like, I didn't follow the link and go down the rabbit hole. But it had eight counties listed right off the, the page that it had the buck number and it had the total number. And the buck number was about half of the total number. So it was pretty close to 50-50 for those eight counties that were posted, okay. which still seems wrong to me because I've – I mean, I know you killed what, three does this year versus two bucks. And I've yeah. killed three does and – never took a shot at a buck right well i know a, I, here, I know here's a, my thing with it. i think a lot of a lot of them a lot of the does aren't getting checked in that's what i'm saying and i think that's going to cause a problem because they're going to keep letting people buy as many doe tags well maybe they won't maybe they won't i might be wrong i, I could be totally wrong on that premise i'm not even going to finish that thought because if you're not filling all the doe tags you buy that means that there's not as many does as they thought. Hey, I'm gonna right? say this. I'm gonna say this. I think I think Mitchell Plot, I think it was Mitchell that said this on the on the same exact post. Hit the nail on the head. Here's your solution. You get two bucks, but to shoot your second buck, you got to shoot two does first. It's like Indiana doesn't earn a buck program. Yeah, or they used to. I don't know if they still do. No, they still do it in certain spots. Right. I think. I think. Well, I don't know. That's what I'm saying about keeping it even. Like, you can't go out. You've got 20 deer. You have five bucks. No. You have 10 bucks, 10 does. You go out and shoot two bucks. You go out and shoot 10 does. What the fuck has happened to the other 10 does that are out there? Right. Or however the math works out. I, I know I fucked that one up. You've been drinking whiskey. It's fine. Yeah, it is what it is, but that <laughs> no, but that's what I'm getting at is even if it's a two doe to one buck ratio, that's fine. You want to control population? Yes, you take out does, but you also have to take out bucks because the landscape can only support so much. Well, exactly, and that was that was another argument, you know, because somebody was like, "I don't see a reason to ever take out another a, a second buck." I'm like, well, what if you have? A population where it's, you know, the, the ratio is three bucks. Well, what I was saying was, well, I feel like that's a great opportunity to manage your herd a lot better if you have the opportunity to take out two bucks. Because that way, if there's bucks that are showing less potential than other bucks, 
you shoot them when they're young to take the competition away. Right. Breeding competition, food competition. It just, it just makes sense. Even if they don't want to go that route, take that completely out of the equation. You're not trying to grow massive deer. If you have a scenario where, oh, we get into the situation where you have to draw doe tags like you did for years in this state. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's the other thing, too. Like the, the number one people bitch about, uh, people that shoot in dinks and two deer or two bucks and one of them being a dink or both being dinks. So, like, oh, you can take out does all day long. The yes, does yes. are the ones that breed. Yeah, like, that was they, they're the ones that produce other like, deer. Like, look, I would, if it, I mean, just the way I look at it, just my general perspective hunting out here is if I shoot that year and a half old buck, it doesn't matter what he looks like because, I mean, I've, I've rammed this number down everybody's throat, but there's a 66% chance I'm never going to see him again. And you know what? If I do, great. Or if I would have, great. But, I mean, whatever. I mean, he's... He's gone. I shot him. He's done. But I would rather shoot him because that's just one deer as opposed to shoot a doe, a healthy, mature doe that's producing how many booner bucks a year? Not even booner bucks, just bucks. Or just deer in general. Does. It doesn't matter. If she's producing, I feel like that's a. it's more of a detriment to take her out. Than that little fucking year and a half that you're never, you have a pretty good chance you're never going to see again. So that's what I kind of want to drive home with the buck versus doe. You take out a buck. That buck, yes, it can sire however many deer fawns the next year. Can't do it without does. Well, guess what? It doesn't really fucking matter anyway because the bucks, what what did Wagner say? About the, oh, Josh Wagner? Yeah. The the mama. It's half all, the genetics come yeah, from the mom. More than half the genetics come from right. the mama. So I mean, the buck is just one little tiny part of the equation. Well, no, that's that's not what I'm. I'm not talking about how big the deer get that come from the animal. Right. I'm saying it's just like you go to the club and you're out there looking for pussy. One dude can sleep with however many chicks in a night. But each chick can only produce so many kids. Mm. You take out to where you have three bucks to one doe, your population's fucked. Yeah. If you don't have a two doe to one buck ratio, you're you're in trouble. Well, not only that, but it's gonna they're gonna drive each other out because mm. genetic no genetic diverse not even genetic diversity but just yeah yeah no i see what you're saying in the end they're yeah. they're gonna get ran off because if if you go to a bar and there's nothing but a sausage fest you ain't gonna stick around dude you're gonna go where the pussy is or if you go to a bar and it's nothing but your cousins that, that happens to you all the time shut the fuck up <laughs> i'm just saying i'm just saying if, if you if you go you're only my cousin by blood it's fine get the fuck away from if me. you have too many bucks and you're exactly on point if you have too many bucks in one area not enough does the way I look at it is, if those bigger bucks, will just either they're going to have to fucking work extra hard to get the breeding rights, which isn't good. You're stressing them out even more, which right. ultimately, if you're trying to grow booners, you're taking energy away f- from his antler development. I just feel like, it, I just feel like it's better to take out small bucks when you can, man. I, re- I really do. I think there's moderation involved with all of it. Now, but like I said, I'm... You know, if they switch to one buck, okay, 
That's fine. It's not gonna hurt my feelings. I usually only shoot one buck a year, anyways, because I try and wait, and I will either take something that has a rack broken off, something's fucked up with the rack, or wait for a decent deer. Which usually something goes wrong with the waiting for a decent deer. Yeah. No, I, I'm I hear you. I wish I knew who was hunting across I, the train tracks for me. I wanted. Mm, yeah, that was pretty shitty. But I wish he would have pulled the trigger, just so he could be an asshole and call the law. I'm telling you, dude. I probably would have beat his ass first, but yeah. <sighs> no. Then I'd have. What'd you do? Apparently, that cord's been caught on my boot all <laughs> night, and I haven't moved my leg. <laughs> Alrighty then. No, man. I just. Like people like that across the tracks and like the neighbor over here with the with the feeder, it's like everybody's gonna run into assholes like that. Yeah, but we've got one there and one there and one uh, there and one there and then the one over there. Oh, the other one over there is like, why do I have six people I have to worry about in a square block? Travis, Travis, we need help. Yeah, but then, but. I mean, give the CEOs credit because, I mean, what the fuck are you going to do? You know, go walk on everybody's property and check out what they got going on? You want me on? to take pictures? And that's the thing, too. Like, That's what I don't want to be an asshole. I like, don't either. And I, t- I definitely took a picture of his shit, not not even on purpose. I feel like it was in the background of one of the gripping grins. Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> right. Oops. I, right. Sorry. But I'm not that guy. You know, I won't do that. Well, that's the problem. I was raised not to tell on the neighbor. Like, you, you keep things civil. But but at a certain point, you're like, man, you're just screwing so, the guy next so, door. So here here is Pot calling the kettle black because it's his property. What the fuck do I care what he does? Only thing only thing that irritates me a little bit is the way his tree stands facing and where it is. That irritates the fuck Well, that's what me. gets me. I can look at what? Three or four stands from mine looking across the train tracks into my fucking bean field. Yeah. Like, it's not mine. It's my uncle's. I don't have any right to tell them to go fuck themselves. But at the same time, like, dude, you're literally looking across the property line. I've seen you pull your gun up on deer in my field. The one dude I literally watched shoot a deer in my field didn't call the CO. It's like, it was out of my range. John doesn't want me to call on him. He always says, keep things civil with the neighbor. He's always told me, why well, shoot across those tracks? I'm like, okay, I won't. It's That's illegal. Right, yeah, that's very illegal to shoot across like, the tracks. That's federal. Like, yeah, that's not. That's no bueno. I'm pretty sure that's called federal trespass. I mean, like I said, you're always going to have assholes like that. But I feel like the, the correct way to handle it is to walk over there and deal with it. But like in my situation, because he's got a feeder, and because I don't like where his tree stands at, I don't have a fucking leg to stand on, so mm. I'm just going to be can pissed you, off about it. Can you see that feeder from your tree stand? No. He's got a hidden pretty it. damn good. He did it all right. It's just... Hey, I ju- <laughs> he, he did it all right. You can't see it unless you walk up to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, and honestly, like... He was smart about it. I mean... Like I said, man, it's his property. Do whatever the fuck he wants, man. I don't, I don't particularly care for it. I don't... I have much respect for the dude just because he's doing that, A, 
It's it's not like he lives in a property where there's no deer. Man, you are you are in the middle of heaven as far as whitetail. Well, that's what irritates me. He's, and you are using a fucking feeder. He's in the middle of whitetail heaven, and he what he's doing is making it harder for his neighbors. Not he, really, guys. Honestly, he's kind of making it easier because they hear that dinner bill at six fifteen every night, and that's about the time they start. Well. Before the time change. You, yes, you, you are his direct neighbor, but in a square block scenario. Uh, but I mean, but is he? Because there's, yes, he's got a, he's got Yes, a, because my field got tilled under. I don't have any hold food on, online. Hold on, hold on. Now he's got a feeder full of shelled corn. Yes, I'm his neighbor. There's fucking corn every fucking where. Right, but deer are fucking lazy. I'm telling you right now. No, I know what you're saying, but I'm just saying there's, they're, they're, at that time, during most of bow season, I feel like they were on apples and carrot crab apples. During bow season, yes. Right now, is his feeder still going? I don't know. If you go out there when all of the feed is off the ground, if that thing is still spreading corn, I guarantee you they're like, mm, fuck that barren field, I'm gonna go over here in the cover of the woods and eat this pile on the ground. You want to take an experiment and see how lazy deer are and how easy they are to bait? No, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just I'll, saying, I'm just saying, he's not like, it's not like he's got this bright beacon in the middle of the fucking desert. You know what I mean? It's true. He is. He, he's bussing. You got anything else you want to add? No. If you're in pain, man, we got to wrap it up. Yeah, this sucks. Uh. Anyway, sorry everybody, my fucking tooth hurts super bad right now. Uh, no, that's fine. If we need any additions, we'll splice in later. Yes, sir. All right, everybody, we will talk to you next time.